Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. So, um, last week was a hiccup, but we've been on a journey about talking about the gospel of grace and what it is, and... um, you know, it probably uh, seems really strange I'm teaching on grace again, but I can't, uh, can't get away with, from it because it is what I read a lot about, and then my interactions on the work that I do away uh, from New Day has lent itself to it. Have, do you, have you ever had this where, like, you're studying something, and then, like, there's several people you run into throughout the time you're studying that, that it comes up? without you bringing it up. Does anybody else go through that? It's just really, I think those are all God-orchestrated moments. You know, it says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of God or laid out before them in God. So I have had that with this issue of the gospel of grace and what it means. And one of the things that's percolating in me, and I just want to put this out with you guys sort of, you know how politics is really hard right now? Have you noticed? And both sides have these positions and that it's okay if you fudge a little bit on your side, but if you fudge on their side, everybody's really upset and call each other on it. And so one side can never be okay. There's this... You may, that's what I've run into over this issue of grace and law. And it, it's really strange, but um, people that I've run into are using the scripture to tell me where the scripture lays out about the gospel of grace, how the gospel of grace isn't, but the law is. And I would go, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that any place. And they can't, they can't receive or hear my, my side of the line? Yeah, well, there's all sorts of things when we're on the other side of the line. I guess that's what I'm saying about the political climate we're in right now. The, the package of life that each of us have been given through, when somebody else hasn't been given that, there's like a line gets drawn. I don't know how, I know we can't get rid of every line, but I don't think I want to draw any more of them. And that's even in talking about the gospel with people. Um, I shared the gospel with somebody this past week, and uh, and they immediately went to doctrine. They said, you're talking about eternal security. I went, yeah. I was real happy. Well, I don't believe in that. Oh, and then he explained to me why eternal security doesn't work. I said, I haven't found that to be true. It's worked really good in my heart. And it's done something in me that, that I'd love to explain to you, but I'm not here to convince or to debate with you. He went, you're not? I went, no. And so he listened. He still debated. But he, at least it, it broke. It took that line and kind of made it, let's not talk about the line Now, let's talk about who we are, and I'm not trying to offend you, and what you're saying, I'm going to try to not let it offend me. 
And we had a conversation. Not much movement, but we did have a conversation. I think that's what this is about, but here's what I found. We have those lines inside of our own hearts. I do. I still, it's, it's really strange. I try not to live by equations anymore, and then something happens that causes me to want to live by an equation. What did I do there? What could I have done differently? I bet you if I'd said to get it to change instead of realizing that God didn't call me to do that. So one of the things in studying the gospel of grace I want to look at is being under grace versus being under law. Now you're going, yes, we know this. No, we don't. No, our hearts still don't understand it. It has to be received fresh and new. And as I've been studying this, it's just been like, oh, wow, because it, it's brought some clarity to things. So when we say this, that we're under law and uh, we're under grace and not under law, this is where it comes from. I want to read Romans 6 to you. So here's what I'd like to do first, though. Put your hand on your heart. You're going to minister to you. Actually, the Holy Spirit's going to minister to you. Holy Spirit of God, I pray for our hearts right now. We pray that great Ephesians 1 prayer that you gave to your servant Paul, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we could get a glimpse, one, one insight into what you're doing in our hearts. We humble ourselves, just like we sang that song. We humble ourselves to dare to believe that we are who you say we are. That's an amazing thing. We humble our hearts. We bow the knee of our hearts this morning and say, help my unbelief. Help me to see me just the way you see me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is where it comes from, Romans 6, 14 and 15. It's a, it's a redundant verse, sort of. Paul says this, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. So there's this understanding that Paul wants to drive into. Now, you got to remember, this is his great treatise on the gospel. This is, this is, the book of Romans is what Paul wrote down from his understanding when, when he talks in Acts 28, when he talks about the, that he was called to minister the gospel of grace. This is that which he spoke of. And you can find it especially through the entire book of Romans, but especially in chapters 5 through 8. It's why I believe every believer should read it regularly. Just in your own heart. Read it out loud so you're hearing it. And, and rehear, because it starts with, you know, where we get our five themes that we do here at New Day. So it, it starts with that, and that's five through eight in Romans is where those five themes all come from. And it's what's known as the canon of the Pauline Revelation. Now, that's big, you know, Bible college terms. To tell you, this is where Paul landed after he studied, prayed, immersed himself into the presence of God. This is what he got. 
So it's, it's really sure. Romans 5.1, it starts amazing. So it starts with, now, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. What an amazing place to start. Instead of, how do I get right with God? He goes, we're justified, we're made right by believing that, and that puts us at peace, not war. Amazing thing, isn't it? If you're not at war with somebody, you can really hear what they have to say. If you're not battling them, if you're not going, no. But I find in the heart of believers, even grace believers, they still fight against it. They're still, they still feel like they have to wrestle something. Um, I've heard this so much, and it, it's, a kind of, it's a, one of those uh, idioms that modern Christians say, but I'm wrestling with God. Really? Stop it. And we use it in a good term. I'm wrestling with the Lord over this in my life. Stop that. Why are you wrestling with God? God won. Give up. This isn't, this isn't the professional wrestling association stuff, whatever, WWF or whatever. Uh, take the silly costume off and go, okay. Have peace with him. So all that you're dealing with through here is peace. Now your mind might be in turmoil. You might be wrestling with your thoughts or your emotions. But you're not wrestling with God. It's a done settled deal. He's okay with you. He doesn't have any need to wrestle you down and make you something different. He made you new. Just click it. Because I do this. I don't know how you are. That's, well, here's a secret to what we're going to talk about. That's a form of legalism. That is a form of legalism. Not following the Ten Commandments, not following the additional 600 and whatever it is, 613 dietary and lifestyle commandments that go with it. The legalism are the boundaries that you put in place by which you must do something to get from God. Tracking with me? It's heavy-duty legalism. So what about the laws in the Bible? Uh, are they universal? Do they have limited jurisdiction? Uh, it's funny how we become attorneys. Do they apply all the time? Do you have this little attorney, one over here and one over here? In cartoons, it used to be the angel over here and the devil over here, the little pitchfork, uh, Looney Tunes. Do they apply to us? Are you under law? Do you put yourself under law? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why I think Paul wrote this. He wanted to, to get a, a clear image because this ought to be the easiest question uh, to answer because the Bible's so straightforward. Paul was so straightforward with this that he repeats it twice in the same, if you will, the same thought pattern. We are not under law, but under grace. Um, I think he repeats it be, not because it's hard to discern, be, but because we're slow to receive it. 
That's why I said it's really good to keep revisiting this in your life. Because if you don't, um, here's what I found, is I can start being legalistic about grace. I, I can start making decisions that, that's okay, I'm under grace. And he goes, uh, certainly not. And that when we use it that way, we are being, we're turning it right back into legalism. Why is it so important to be understood? Because when I don't see myself under grace and I see myself under law, it does something. It produces uncertainty in me. The uncertainty is this. Even in my daily life as a, as a follower, as a believer in Jesus, um, I'm not confident. I become unsure. Little niggling thoughts, little, uh, little trails of occurrences from my past or how things turned out or the little fears that can start invading my heart about what I'm going through right now. Um, I can move into a if-then mode within me. We'll look at that more in depth later. Paul writes all this, I believe, so we won't have any doubt on the issue. That's why it's good to keep returning here. Um, you're not saved by the law, you're not kept by the law, and you're not supervised by the law. As believers, you're actually to have nothing to do with the law. Isn't that stunning? Absolutely nothing. It's the grace of God for those who believe from beginning through the middle right to the end. I, I was talking with a saint this morning just about when the end happens and how you want to go out or not go out. You start doing that when you like get grayer. Maybe you do it when you're younger. I don't know. But kind of deciding like which okay, which, what's okay to go. Now, you can't do this, as the person pointed out to me, at a memorial service or when you're helping a family that just lost a loved one, and maybe that's you today. I don't know, and I'm not trying to offend you. <sighs> but there's, you're going to go, and if you're going to go, go out in grace. Go out in grace. Looking forward to that day. Just to be able to have your heart rejoice. You can't decide how you're going to go. If you do, you're doing it the wrong way. Hello? It's appointed by God. We as Americans are some of the most legalistic people on the earth. Now hear me on this. We as Democrats are some of the most legalistic people on the earth. We as Republicans are some of the most legalistic people on the earth. We as independents, and I don't give a rat's nose, can become some of the most legalistic people on the earth. We do this. It's, it's in our society. It's in our fabric. 
the whole if-then thing is always there. And it's really hard as a believer to move out of how and what the law is. Let's look at it. Okay, what law is Paul talking about? Um, it really doesn't make any difference how you define law. Law is law. It's the rule that you have to follow. The law could be the Ten Commandments. Or, now hear me on this, this is going to touch toes a little bit. The law can be the commands of Jesus. And become legalistic to you. The law can become the exhortations that are written by the writers of the New Testament. The law can be your unspoken commandments for your little Bible study group of how you do it. This is how we do it here. Well, that gets so nitpicky. How shall I then live under grace? The law is anything. Hear this. This is really the definition for legalism and the law for believers. The law is anything you must do to merit favor, have approval, or acceptance, or avoid condemnation. I don't measure up. Amazing what God's grace does. It says, it says this. No. Here's what grace actually says to you. You'll never measure up. So I did it for you. I measured it for you. I became this for you. So you could live in the freedom of not you, but me. So you can live in the expression of who I am in your life. It's really strange. You start doing your Bible studies around that. Every, everything seems to, everything moves, you know. I, I grew up, uh, my, my mom, who lived in constant depression, watched all those soap operas back then during the daytime. You know, as the world turns, it always turns on themes of depression, you know. And I can remember talking to her as a teenager saying, I quit watching that stuff. That stuff's depressing. How do you do how do you how do you watch three of those in a row? The young and the restless, they're lifeless and in trouble. And they don't know who their dad is or their mom, or it might be their Uncle Freddie, or they came back from the dead, or that one died nine times. And it's like the most ridiculous storylines you ever heard in your life. And she turned it into legalism over life. Her approach, the filters that we use. Most dangerous thing about legalism is they become a filter by which you process how you're living. And it jacks with you. Because the law doesn't just have to be the Ten Commandments. But here's a funny thing. The law still demands the same verdict. Always. The world runs on law. At home, in school, and in the workplace. You are rewarded for doing good and punished for breaking the law. 
you didn't do a good job. Um, much of church, and that's probably why I'll, uh, I had someone please take this with affection. Someone, a, a friend of mine, refers to us as the island of misfit toys. Kindly, because he includes himself in it. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the steadfast tin soldier. I got a missing leg. But I'll stand there. I'm the, you know, we're the rabbit that has the missing button eye. And yeah, the velveteen rabbit. We are all that and more. And God's grace abounds to us. Not many mighty, not many noble. <laughs> just, just trying to not just get through life. I actually live life abundantly now. And uh, I may not look like those other toys. And I may not have multiple levels. <sighs> but I am loved by God. Just as I am. And just what he says about me. If you are faithful in your service to the Lord, you'll be rewarded for being a good Christian. Now we don't actually say that, but it's taught a hundred different ways. It's in a hundred different books that I've read. I've been, I've been throwing away more books than I've been buying over the past eight years. Going, nope, nope, nope. You know, I'm like Howard Wolowitz at the at the comic book store. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. I read all that stuff. I fixed another dinner with that. <clears throat> Still tastes like law. And here's the funny thing. It's within us because this is the design of God. See, for each of us, the design of God. He made you for intimacy and impact. We, each of us want to know. It's a God-given gift through creation. Each of us wants to know that I, we can love and be loved. And each of us want to know that it, we count. I'm here for some blasted reason, even if it's to irritate you. But we have that. It's this, it's this drive inside of us. So we actually like law because of that. Because the law sets up demands over that. I want to be recognized as a star. I wanted to join the church. Maybe you had this. I don't think you'll have it here, but who's on the cutting edge? Funny all the little euphemism we use. Really hearing God moving in the spirit. Man, I wanted that bad. I will, I will you know. And even, I look back now, I was so silly. I resigned and gave up my political career to go do this stuff for God. And so it had to be every bit as important as my political career. Was it? Oh, yeah, it was way more important. I just couldn't see it. It wasn't what it looked like to me. It was grace. Uh, not the reward of being the star. Invited to speak places giving positions of importance <sighs> and how I measured against all the others. 
God, just let me spin my wheels for so long. The church I joined didn't let me preach for 15 years or 14 years, you know. 12 years. Matter of fact, they even took my message and gave it to somebody else to give it at a conference. I went, what? I coined that term. That was my stuff, you know. Somebody else got credit for a program I started, and this isn't true confessions. But do it in a magazine over in Europe and take all the credit for it, including the name that I named it, that I had to buy from John White. couldn't see it back then the legalism that was around it and what my feel how much my feelings and my thoughts were wrapped up into if it's this it must turn out this way and so it's like going through scene after scene of the Princeton's Pride and you know Wesley tell, telling who was a sword player you know prepare to be disappointed <laughs> I don't think you know what that word means We, t- we turn so much of life into legalism instead of this. You know what's the best thing you do? You know one of the best scriptures you can memorize? It's in the book of Acts. In him we live and move and have our being. I'm breathing in his grace. I'm breathing out his praise. It's, it will happen every time. Not because it's law, because it's grace. We're under grace. I don't have to prove anything anymore, and I don't have to get approved anymore. Probably in the nicest way, I don't care what you think of me anymore. Well, they vote with their feet. Quit doing that one, too. God doesn't. God won't ever vote with his feet over your life. He will never leave you, never forsake you, never give up on you, even when you become legalistic again. He won't stop. Isn't that incredible? Even your arguments over God's conditions of his unconditional love. (laughs) The new covenant, the kingdom of God, runs on grace. It is the operating system. The law came by Moses, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. He is windows whatever number you put on it, and the other ones are obsolete. In the kingdom, you are not blessed because of what you do, but because of who he is. Now you can turn that into law if you want, but it's right there. You are not blessed or or unblessed by accomplishments or not accomplishments. You are blessed because of what Jesus did on the cross. That's the gospel. When he died, he died not just for you but with you. When he was buried, he was buried with you. When he rose, he arose from the dead with you. With you and me. It's it's such a stunning thing. The laws of this world won't help you. 
not in God's economy. It all comes back to one issue, grace. I, I, through my life, I've tried to find different ways around it at different times. Maybe, you know, I think of like Brendan Manning. Brendan Manning's title of the last Brendan Manning book was All is Grace. Isn't that incredible? The last book he writes, All is Grace. You do not need to know the law to know what pleases God. Faith pleases God, not your righteous acts. Faith, believing in him, pleases God. Can you believe God? He's delighted with you. Does that mean if I don't believe him, he's undelighted? No, but you'll feel that way. And you'll try to find the other stuff legally to make you feel okay. We're, we're like, and I know that there's even some me that have struggled with this. You become like an alcoholic then. You don't even like the taste of that stuff anymore, but you can't live without it. It's a form of legalism. It binds you to it. close here with this. Galatians 3. Now, it's funny, but I used to turn Galatians into legalism. Um, I don't know if you're wired like I am, but I used to find the principles in it and then teach the principles instead of finding the grace and teaching the grace. And it's all about finding grace and moving away from legalism. Galatians 3.10, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith. But the man who does them shall live by them. There is this secret law about law that says, if I do this, I'm going to get that, and it never delivers. You keep trying to live by it, and you can't do it. That's why we become law, not outside of ourselves, not even outside of this church or what we're trying to learn about this, but we become a law inside of me. I have a whole Supreme Court system set up inside of Lloyd. And there's no room for Ginsburg in there. Don't like her. There's no room for any of them in there. God's grace kicked them all out. God's grace says, Lloyd, I love you. Just as you are, and I will always love you. Well, yeah, but he, he wants to fix you and change you, right? Did. Did. The fix came in. He gave me a new spirit. He made me a brand new creation. He's not trying to fix the old one to get it to catch up with the new one. Old things have 
passed away. Behold, he's talking about you. 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 You, you, you. I wish I could hold a mirror. Me. God won't leave you alone. Oh, I pray not. I pray he never leaves us alone. He promised that he never would. And the more I try and fix me, the more he'll let me. Because then I'll learn to depend completely on him. It's a funny thing. The equation doesn't work. Because the one equation says if I keep trying to do it, it'll lead to death because it's a work of the flesh. The very good thing I'm trying to get changed in my life will trip me up. The very great thing that I can receive from him that what he says about me is true changes me. Is this me getting in there? We have to be able to tell other people that. That's why I'm teaching about it. When, when we begin to own it in our hearts, then how I relate to somebody who can't see it is different. They're not always going to like us. But in the end, they will love us. Because grace and truth will come. Yeah? So... Look at Galatians again this week. We're going to keep digging this. I'm going to talk to you about the four things that the law was designed to do. Because there's a purpose in the law. Some are very nice, but there is a purpose in the law. But I want us to look at that and how our hearts can be set free when we live under grace. So stand with me. Now, be a good Berean this week a Berean so Paul goes to this city called Berea it was right after he got kicked out of Thessalonica it says this in in Acts that uh, the people in Berea were more kind (laughs) than the people in Thessalonica and that they also weren't sure about Paul because he went to the synagogue first and it said they listened to Paul and then searched the scriptures to see if the things that he was saying were so. In Thessalonica, they searched the scriptures to prove him wrong. Do you see the difference? So that's why I, I kindly say to you, be a good Berean this, work, this week. Whatever legalistic arguments still arise in your heart, go to the scriptures, especially go to Galatians, and see if it's so. If what I'm saying is true, instead of finding the arguments to discount what I'm saying, um, Greg Mary used to say this, look, if you're petting the cat and it's going, and all the fur's coming up on the back and its claws are coming out, you're petting the wrong direction. Turn the cat around. Cats don't, try it on your cat. Just pet their fur backwards and see, see what they do. They don't like it. Turn the cat around. Jesus, help us turn the cat around in our lives. Lord, grace makes me purr. Grace makes me snuggle. 
Grace makes my heart content. Grace frees me to believe everything that you have in store for my life. Grace makes me righteous. Grace allows me to be everything you designed me to be. So I open my heart to agree with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everybody said, All right, love each other.